Everywhere you look, there's a barrage of emails and information telling you what everybody has done, is doing, or plans to do, all in excruciating detail. But access is only half the battle. You also need information presented in a usable form. But that takes work, and the more information you have, the more work it takes. Tesla government takes on these issues so that your office or agency can fully exploit the data you already have. Our knowledge management experts organize and curate your internal data. Our open source research augments your knowledge base with strategic insights from our globally experienced team. And our data visualization turns complex data into compelling visuals, while our community building makes sure everyone benefits by leveraging collective knowledge. With Tesla government's knowledge management solutions, you are adding a strategic partner that helps unleash the full power and potential of your institutional information. Let us unpack your data and put your knowledge to work. Learn more at teslagov.com. Welcome to the 1CA Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Acosta, and today I have Joe Pastork with me, who is the former NCOIC of the 95th Advanced Skills Detachment. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about what 95th ASD uh, offers for the 95th Civil Affairs Brigade and for the greater civil affairs community. So, Joe, welcome to the to the 1CA Podcast. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So, Joe, before we get started, uh, could you just kind of give give the audience a, a brief background on uh, kind of your military experience and why you came over to CA and what you've, you've done in your civil affairs career? Sure. So I uh, joined the Army in uh, September of 2000 as a chemical operations specialist. I spent uh, my first eight years in the 82nd Airborne Division here at Fort Bragg uh, in Let's see, went civil affairs uh, assessment selection in 2011. Uh, I actually worked with civil affairs in Afghanistan uh, in 2005 and 2006. Uh, So, you know, gleaned some of the, some of what they do and it's different. It was reserved civil affairs, but I was still very interesting to be able to, you know, do the things they were doing. So uh, 2012 graduated the uh, civil affairs qualification course. I was sent to the 91st uh, as a team member and team sergeant. I uh, We deployed to East Africa uh, in you know, Somalia, Kenya, uh, Uganda, and Djibouti. And then uh, moved on to the, uh, as a CMOC NCIC or operations sergeant, uh, deployed a company uh, to North and West Africa and served in the uh, Special Operations Command forward in North and West Africa. And then in uh, September of 17, I was asked to go up to uh, the brigade headquarters and uh, start the 95th Advanced Skills Detachment. And uh, that's where I worked for my last three years. And uh, now it's on to uh, retirement. So that's where I'm at now. Some some people may not be familiar with the uh, advanced skills detachment. I mean, you were saying that it just stood up in 2017, so in late 2017. So really, it's only been around for about two and a half years. Um, mm-hmm. could, maybe you could explain a little bit more about like how that came to be, how it was created, and and some of the different things that it that it offers. 
Yeah, so in uh, 2017, uh, I was looking to uh, you know, come out of the operations sergeant position, and uh, Sergeant Major uh, Derek Riley asked me if I would come up to the brigade and start the Advanced Skills Detachment. The Advanced Skills Detachment, it's not a new thing, right? We didn't invent it. Uh, Colonel Burnett, uh, the former brigade commander, actually wrote it in to uh, the you know five-year plan, I want to say in 2004. 14 or 15, maybe 13, when he was up at uh, Proponent. And it takes a while to, you know, get started. Uh, all the groups started as, you know, Cephalic detachments and then, you know, grew into advanced skills companies. Uh, so we had to start somewhere. So the advanced skills detachment uh, was, I went up there in September of 2017, uh, you know, from just an idea uh, inception to, actually manning and and beginning training we actually started training in march of 2018 uh, so we started with uh, just basic committees of tactics um, mobility combatives and at the time we did a uh, civil information management slash human network analysis uh, committee and that's grown into what it is today, which we still have advanced tactics, mobility, uh, combatives. Uh, we also manage the civilian trainer integrators uh, up at Brigade for counter IED and counter UAS. And there's now a, uh, a civil reconnaissance, advanced civil reconnaissance committee. Uh, so you know, from what it started to what it is, it, we went through a lot. It was difficult, but uh, I think well worth it. So you're talking about some of these um, committees that you began with. Has, has anything evolved from that? I know you, I've seen some stuff um, where the training catalog offers, you know, advanced tactics, some unconventional warfare stuff. Uh, and you guys are even getting into some counter UAS uh, as well. So is there, is there anything outside of like the typical shoot, move, communicate, uh, civil affairs, uh, I guess, skills that you guys offer? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we started my my goal was to uh, really what the, the, the charter of the advanced skills detachment was to offer internally resourced and manned uh, instructed training uh, comparable to contracted training. So to save money, uh, a lot of the training had become, you know, it, it sort of uh, infiltrated its way into the brigade and became the norm. Uh, so. You know, we started with my my goal was to start, you know, didn't, I didn't want to, to move to failure too quickly. So I thought if we start with the basics, with uh, shoot, move, communicate, medicate, uh, that was the, the way to success. Um, that has grown into, aside from those things that are still running and still, you know, doing great things and evolving every day, uh, we added the civil reconnaissance piece. And I said we started with the H&A kind of committee. Uh, the idea uh, was to, uh, you know, offer training that that generally was, it's really one of our core tasks, but it was, you know, difficult to get a lot of people into training. It was expensive. It didn't really work. Uh, what we did, we, we ended up just facilitating training uh, for a lot of the, for social network analysis and uh, critical infrastructure vulnerability assessment. Um, but that grew into what is now civil reconnaissance, uh, which is, um, you know, it's, it's growing uh, rapidly. So 
uh, one of uh, you know Command Sergeant Major Swigert's uh, initiatives in in coming up to be operations before he was the Brigade Sergeant Major was to uh, figure out how to offer the civil reconnaissance training. We have civil reconnaissance is one of our core tasks, right? But there was really there really wasn't any uh, any formal training that you could you could participate in and come out of it and say, okay, I'm trained in civil reconnaissance. It was just kind of, well, all these things we did now, I, I know civil reconnaissance, but adding in the, uh, you know, army reconnaissance and the principles of reconnaissance, and then adding in, like you had talked about the, the UAS and counter UAS uh, as a reconnaissance, uh, you know, resource was, very important to us and it's actually worked out really well they're they're doing a lot of training now with units from all over USASAC uh and especially now with you know the way things are there's you know well over 80 students that sign up for these courses from uh civil affairs psyop uh special forces groups uh you know awg from everywhere so it's it's really grown into something pretty special it's great to hear, especially with the the silver constants piece. I know being at Special Warfare Center in school, like we teach a very and and I'll just be frank here, a very a rudimentary form of civil reconnaissance. Um, I was happy when um, the additional ten weeks for soft civil affairs was implemented into the pathway. They they are able to go into a little bit more in depth talking about the you know principles of reconnaissance and so on, like you guys are like you were discussing. Um, and I think one of the biggest issues that we've had in CA is not having a, I guess, an additional course, uh, I'm hesitant to say advanced course, but an additional course for, um, those currently serving to come back on it and kind of refine or hone those additional skills like social network analysis, et cetera. I think a lot of times we focus a lot on gathering the information, but then we don't focus so much on, on, um, analyzing and then refining and modeling that information so that we can use it for um, targeting and other things later on yeah. uh, and sharing and that with other communities. Yeah, and that's one of the things we figured out was, you know, civil reconnaissance, when you say that uh, and you tell people we do that, it really encompasses a lot of different things, right? It's, uh, so Army reconnaissance is they, they have their principles and how they train. Uh, what we did was we got former 19 Delta uh, Cav Scouts and said, you know reconnaissance, right? Uh, now you also know civil affairs, so let's let's meld these two things together and figure out the best way to do it. And we've added uh, PAO does photography training during the course. Uh, the targeting officers do uh, non-lethal targeting and targeting principles. Uh, the S2 comes and does intelligence integration. So it's all really uh, it's it's really uh, you know all the plethora of things that go into when you add the civil in front of reconnaissance. Um, it's, it's a really good course and I think it's only going to get better. I think you brought up a, another good point too, with ASD and what it offers. And that was the, like the, being able to kind of steer away from the contracting portion. I know when I first came to CA, uh, and got to a unit in 2012, like people were talking about, oh, we need to do this training. Oh, let's go to Griffin group for this. And in my head as a young NCO, I was like, Wait, why aren't why aren't we doing this? Like I thought this was a whole purpose of having non commissioned officers. So, yeah. like it's for me, I, there's I only have positive things to say about ASD and and what what you guys have done. I think that it's it's given the onus back to the NCOs inside of our regiment, which is great. 
you know, as you see the guys that are get trained on this either at the unit level and they can spread that knowledge or the, the um, instructors themselves, once they're, once they're done with their time at ASD, go back to the operational, you know, all this knowledge is now institutionalized or becoming institutionalized yeah. in the brigade. So I, I, mean, I think that's, that's great. Yeah. And that's, that's really uh, as like you had talked about as a, not a young NCO, but a young civil affairs uh, specialist. I, I realized that, and I'll tell you a quick story. I went to uh, a company uh, to do training for pre-deployment. It was basically an, a requirement to deploy. We went out and had a, you know, a guy from Delta Force and he'd teach you basic pistol marksmanship. And it really bothered me that, you know, NCOs train and lead soldiers. It's what we do. I did it my whole career and I didn't understand. There are certain things, you, you know, that, that require some some outsourcing. But for the most part, the things that we've been doing in civil affairs could be done by NCOs. And the added benefit is that not only can NCOs do this, uh, on several fronts, it improves our force. So you have the NCOs that are being trained in highly specialized areas of, of training and instruction. So as you said, they go back to the force that much better. We already have, you know, uh, instructors that have gone back to units and they, they train those units uh, at a higher level than they've ever been trained. Uh, and the other thing is I think people kind of miss is when when you send a, a team or a company to a range, as an example, and they see uh, these these instructors from their own unit, that guys that they've known and worked with, and they see them teaching these, uh, you know, very highly advanced uh, tactics and, and weapons training and different things that they do. And they're so impressed by it. And what that does is it empowers those NCOs to also realize that, hey, I can do that stuff too. I can, I can actually do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and it gives them confidence and it instills that, that, that idea that, you know, you don't have to, to figure out who you have to pay uh, to be trained. For the most part, um, you can do it internally. And that's, that's really an added benefit of the advanced skills attachment. 100% agree. Um, and I think that's, that's key to what you're saying, like instilling that confidence, not only in themselves, but, you know, when the other guys in that unit look around, they're like, okay, yeah, we've got some guys in here that are knowledgeable. They know what they're talking about. And I, and I think it just continues to professionalize uh, the regiment. Absolutely. I, yeah. And th those guys, they want to, after they uh, attend ASD training, I get, or oh, I did get uh, emails constantly three or four a week of guys saying hey how can i come to the asd and be an instructor i was you know i have this experience and i want to do this and uh, so many that we actually turn people away and say hey you know we have to actually do packets and have us select which is not how it started right uh so that's really good it shows you that you know people want to train and people are interested in and in taking ownership of the training for their team so it's it's really good i'm sure battalion csms love that all our guys trying to come up to the ASD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a that's there's a point of contention at, at points where <laughs> you know, you got on the one hand they're like, Why do you need the ASD to train you? You should be doing this yourself, which is the goal, right? It's not train the trainer in the sense of uh certifying guys to train, but it is giving them the tools 
uh, to be better trainers and better NCOs and officers. So, um, and yeah, you know, like anything, all the Sergeant Majors, uh, you know, they're not looking to give up their best people to leave. So it's, uh, it can be tough, but uh, we've had pretty good support uh, over the years. So you guys not only train uh, 95th, but I saw, I think it was a few months back, where you guys were training 412th CA Battalion as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is a part of KPOC. Was that a was that coordinated or was that by chance or how did that how did that training um, event work out? Yeah, so uh, from the beginning of uh, the the advanced skills detachment, what we found very quickly was that the brigade was not the only unit that were looking for uh, you know th- this sort of training, and we forget sometimes being in special operations that. Uh, not a lot of units just have all this money to throw around to to pay for, you know, $25,000 for some, some weapons training for three days. So we started out, uh, you know, very quickly training units from all over the United States, actually getting, you know, requests to, you know, send our guys down to, um, you know, uh, Savannah. We've sent our guys to San Antonio. Uh, we've sent our guys to Fort Sam Houston. Uh, you, you know, our instructors have gone all over the place. Uh, and part of that, you know, the, the networking and marketing that you have to do with a new unit. Uh, the, the, you know, the 83rd was, an, I, I saw it as very important to um, offer this training. Uh, and to be successful, the ASD would have to market itself. It, we would have to advertise and market and prove that it was a viable uh, a, a real option to be comparable to contracted training uh, so that commanders and, and everyone else would know that this is a legitimate, uh, you know, programs of instruction that they could use to actually validate teams. Uh, the 412th CA Battalion, which we've trained with twice now, that came out of uh, the brigade's validation exercise, the Operation Stalkham. So what had happened is the 412th was uh, participating in Stalkham. Once they learned that the advanced skills detachment, the tactics uh, instructors were going to be there, uh, they, you know, asked if, you know, they could they could participate in a range, uh, and we thought it was very important to to help them and show their you know, commander and their their NCOs that uh, what the 95th is offering in terms of ASD and training. Uh, so. Yeah, they did go down there. They got uh, advanced skill or advanced tactics training and uh, combat uh, management marksmanship system and low visibility training with concealed uh, pistol training. A lot of training that they don't get to get very often. Uh, And what was really good about it is, you know, aside from the glowing, uh, you know, the glowing review of of the training and how, how well it went and how much they liked it, we actually had tangible uh, scoring data to show their commander how they uh, improved from day one when they did these uh, marksmanship tables uh, to the last day when they actually it was a 99% improvement. So only one uh, one of their members didn't get worse, but didn't improve markedly. So uh, you know, being able to show a a, a commander a, a tangible uh, you know the training improvement uh, in a in a percentage. Uh, they were very impressed by that, and they uh, we've trained with them since, and uh, I plan to train with them again. So it was very good. That's great to hear because 
I know recently there's been a lot of talk about integrating uh, active duty and KPOC. Uh, and I think it's important that we continue to, to kind of integrate. Um, yeah. yeah. And it helps with relationships, right? I, yeah, absolutely. We've reached out. So social network analysis training, our uh, SUET training that we do, the unconventional warfare experiential training. Uh, we've actually, I invite uh, guys from third and uh, seventh and 10th and fifth group invite uh, PSYOP guys, guys uh, from the 83rd. So we try to get all these units and it's uh, on a few levels to show that, you know, the cooperation is very important to me. Uh, I always wanted to, I believe we're one team. I know people say it and they don't always, you know, practice what they preach, but I feel like it's very important to, to, you know, help out these other units. And especially when you get to like the 83rd is a good example. Uh, They got, you know, with force com and you know being under the mp brigade they're the same people we are right uh so i thought it was very important to offer them some of these training that they didn't have to pay for uh that they could get these skills and come back and you know again hopefully you know spread the word about the asd and 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 how how good the training was so you guys i mean we're talking about these uh you know the relationships with the 83rd and then uh use of kpoc but you guys have also able to establish some relationships outside of that i know from your instagram page there's been a um it looks like you guys have developed a pretty close relationship with the army marksmanship unit mm-hmm. uh, so how, how did that come to be and what do you guys i'm assuming uh probably rightfully so that it has a lot to do with uh you know pistol and, and long gun stuff but how does that relationship work out yeah so the uh, another thing we did uh which was uh, on a couple on a couple of different levels was recruiting uh, was something that I also kind of took hold of and as a recruiting lead for the brigade uh, to try to liaise between the the, the SORB and uh, you know civil affairs recruiting and make sure the brigade had a had a voice in recruiting. So I thought uh, sending our our instructors our tactics instructors to uh, in combat it we send all our guys to different things but. The tactics instructor specifically, I thought sending them to national uh, shooting championships and different events would help with recruiting. Uh, it would help with our guys, uh, our instructors being, uh, you know, developing and improving their proficiency. Uh, and also, it's a good incentive and it's good to say, hey, the, you know, ASD tactics instructor was second in the USASOC pistol championship. and you know, the, our two instructors have, um, you know, developed, uh, uh, these relationships with the AMU through these, um, you know, through these events. And what came of it was the AMU Sergeant major actually contacted me to tell me how impressed he was with our, with our tactics instructors during the event. Uh, and you know, our, our instructors really wanted to go over there and see that's that's who you go to when you talk about marksmanship and uh, you know the the different things that they're doing the innovative things they're doing with marksmanship. So uh, they brought our our instructors over and they uh, toured their facility and gave them a lot of ideas uh, things that we use today. Uh, we developed a zero target system that uh, one of our instructors was you know, had been working on for a while and uh, they actually adopted it and took it. And uh, so all those things were very, 
very good for that relationship, as well as the Army Marksmanship Unit's mission is recruiting. So for us in civil affairs, recruiting is very important. Uh, so it helped on a lot of different levels. And that relationship has only improved and I'm sure will continue for, for a very long time. And that's a credit to the instructors and, you know, the, those, those instructors that went down there and, and did all those things. The tactics instructors took second in the USOC pistol championship. Yeah. So one of our tactics instructors was second place uh, in the pistol and uh, basic pistol championship. Our two of our uh, two other instructors, our tactics instructors, actually went to the uh, the President's 100, uh, the annual President's 100, and uh, up near Lake Erie. Uh, they were in the top 30 percent for uh, the nation uh, in rifle, and then a little higher in pistol, but still pretty good. Uh, and one of our instructors actually was awarded the U.S. Army Excellence in Competition Badge uh, for pistol marksmanship. And I didn't know that badge existed. Uh, I've never heard he, of it either. Right? So until he showed me this badge, uh, I had, I've never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. And it's, it's permanent orders, and it's an actual award that he gets to wear. And so that's really, and that's their work. They work on their own time. Uh, they're very, very uh very serious about you know being in front of in the level that they're at which i kind of push them to and they you know are all of a sudden they're in front of entire units and looking at them and you know hoping that they're the experts that they've heard they are so they take it very seriously and they uh they train a lot and you know at civil affairs uh Soldiers going to uh, the Special Forces Advanced Urban Combat or SAFAWIC, uh is can be daunting, right? You have all SF uh, guys that are there, and it's it's a requirement for them, and they don't all pass because it's a very difficult course. So our guys are very serious; they really want to they really want to improve themselves, and it's it's really a testament to all of their all of their character and their hard work because it's yeah they they all these instructors really they they amazed me every day that we were up there and uh you know being in a detachment like that is very unique in that uh it's you have to be uh self-motivated i can't you know as a overseeing as the ncoic or the detachment sergeant i can't uh i can't be available at every training event there's training going on constantly uh every day every week so those guys you know, they, they're not the type of uh, soldiers that sit around and wait for someone to tell them to do something. They go out and do it. And a lot of times I get a lot of credit for all these great things they do, but that's them. They're going out and they're, they're contacting people and starting and developing these relationships. And, you know, like I said, coming back with badges I've never heard of. And so it's really, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty humbling to see these, these, these instructors do what they do. Yeah, I just wanted to confirm about the second place in the pistol so I could uh, talk crap to a bunch of Bravo, Bravos that have his buddies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so, so Staff Sergeant Promotable Court is, uh, he was actually the first, one of the first people in the ASD. He re-enlisted, so <laughs> he came to the ASD and uh, he, he basically, him and uh, Sergeant First Class Words started that committee. They started, that was the first thing we did. And, uh, yeah, the things that they do are he, he 
participates in contests all the time. Uh, he's a nationally ranked shooter, and uh, yeah, he's he's the one that developed that that proprietary zero target. Uh, and you know, yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good with a pistol and a rifle, but especially a pistol. Oh, that's great to hear. Uh, I, it was crazy because we have so much talent inside of inside of the brigade that it's just sitting there. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. one thing I've like over the past six months since uh, the Civil Affairs Association started the Unomia Journal, and I've become involved in that. Like the the stuff that's coming out of the woodworks now, like all this talent that's just been sitting there basically. And once they have an outlet to do it, it's like really all you've got to do is give them an end state. Like this is what we're looking for. And they go, uh, you know, yeah. we turn, we just turned our, um, the, you know, me journals, Instagram page over, um, to a young staff sergeant and I was running it terribly to be honest for about a month. I think we had like 12 followers or something ridiculous. I don't know. But anyways, uh, earlier this week, you know, he has taken that from the 12 followers we had and surpassed, you know, the brigade followers now, um, and you know me in journal has the most followers on, on Instagram for, for civil affairs. And he's done that all on his own. You know? Yeah. Um, well, I find, you know, I found that you, you, uh, it's really, and you're a good example of that. Uh, all this, all these things that we've been doing. And if you think about it, uh, you would have never heard any of these things when I first came to civil affairs in 2012. And before that, you certainly would not have heard any of these things. Uh, but these are all, in my opinion, are we you give people the ability to innovate, uh, and we talk about it, right? It's on our, it's on the, it's on our evaluation for is it, it to, for innovation, um, but you know, do people really truly have the ability to to do those things? And I found that once you give them that opportunity, uh, they will run with it, uh, and maybe it's not always successful, but I found that. You know, I, I, I bring instructors into the ASD after they're selected and I go over their initial counseling and I basically tell them, uh, this is yours. Whatever you choose to do with this, I'm oversight, but this is yours. So uh, I want them to take ownership of it and I want them to take it where uh, I know it can go. And they really, I, I find once you give younger NCOs uh, uh, and senior NCOs that, that kind of freedom uh, they can do amazing things. And like I said, the ASD, I'll, I'll get a lot of credit because I, I founded it and I started it, but I, these instructors have done all of this work. All these things are, are a result of their, their blood, sweat, and tears. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. So you're talking about the, you know, bringing these instructors up and you, ta- you alluded to it a little bit earlier. What, what's the process? So if there's a guy or gal sitting somewhere in the brigade that wants to come up to be an instructor who do they who do they contact now and what do they need to do in order to try to get up there so they uh uh usually we'll send out things um and we talk about it all the time we have a a quarterly newsletter we send out uh we have a portal page that's that's pretty user friendly and then we have the uh the what we call soft cop which is the orientation program for the brigade that we do uh, and what we do is, and we also brief the classes, the CA, the graduating CAQC classes. Uh, so what we do is we tell people that, you know, if you're looking to do something and your your time obviously has to kind of match up uh, to just contact us. And I usually ask people to send me their ERB 
and some of their experience and why they want to be an instructor in the, the advanced skills attachment. Uh, so it's the process is simply just send me an email. I'll ask for an ERB if they didn't send it. Uh, and then once, you know, you review their, their file, you know, we'll, we'll bring them in and do an interview. And the final, the final decision, the, the ASD instructor positions, as well as my position, those are command uh, selected positions. So the command sergeant major actually selects people and, and uh, approves them going to the ASD. Um, but the operations sergeant major at the brigade is also involved. So uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a good process now. It's hard to, you know, in the beginning saying that, hey, we're going to interview you and you're going to interview with the command sergeant major. And people are like, what is this thing? Um, but yeah, now it's, it's, uh, much, you know, it's established and it's, it's a real thing. And so one of the things that you just, you mentioned it and, um, I had briefly heard about it, but I don't know if anybody else has. So maybe have you described that a little bit. You talked about soft cop, the orientation program at the brigade. What, what exactly is that? Uh, soft cop, one of the first things I did when I, when I started the ASD, uh, concurrently, you know, setting up the committees you know, getting the instructors trained and, you know, developing the programs of instruction we were going to use. Uh, one of the first things I started doing uh, outside of that was developing the, a, a program. Uh, one of the things that I, I always thought was the brigade did not do well was um, bringing people into the brigade, right? An orientation program, uh, or they, you would call it indoctrination. I didn't like the idea of a green platoon uh, or anything like that. And I didn't want it to be any kind of selection process. These people have already been selected. So uh, I thought it was very important and something that I thought the brigade was missing. Uh, so I started to develop this program and think about how I would want it to look if I were, I think back to when I came to the brigade, which was much different. But uh, so I developed this program. And it's uh, the soft CA orientation program, which is soft cop. And what it is, is uh, at this point, within 60 days of, of reporting to the brigade and in the future, hopefully, before you even report to the brigade. So while you're sitting there, uh, you know, as you know, waiting to report, they would actually they can come to soft cop and, and go through soft cop. And it will be a requirement for all new members of brigade. And we've run the pilot course. Uh, last year, uh, late last year, and it went great. Got all the feedback. So the next course, I believe, will be in uh, after. It was supposed to be after this graduating course, but it'll probably be after the next one with everything COVID and everything going on. Uh, basically, what it is is an introduction to the brigade. You get uh, introduction briefings by the uh, the language lab. You get. Uh, all the different staff sections and what they do. You get some training development, the collective and individual training from the S37. Uh, the command star major and the colonel address the course. We go over recruiting, obviously the ASD, uh, the S3X, things that we thought people don't know what they are. And you don't want people sitting down in a battalion on a team, not knowing the resources they have at hand up at the brigade, because um, as you know, and I know, when we came to the brigade, I didn't have, uh, in a battalion, I didn't have much uh, interaction with the brigade headquarters at all. I didn't think, I mean, the brigade didn't provide us anything that I knew of. So um, 
the brigade, the way it's set up now with a lot of good people, uh, you know, really transform that brigade into what it is, is, you know, supporting these battalions. So you want to make sure everybody comes and knows these things and gets a good baseline. Uh, the same with civil reconnaissance. You know, the, the, the key to these training is to get everybody baseline trained. The advanced stuff comes later. Uh, so give everyone that baseline, the knowledge of, you know, a good example is I was in, I grew up in the 91st. Uh, I didn't know what any other battalion did aside from where they were. Uh, I didn't know, I didn't know much about anyone else because you're kind of in your own world. So we want people to have a more broad picture, a, a better picture of what the brigade does and what these other battalions do and what we offer. Uh, so they go through a, it's, uh, two weeks of training. And they'll get advanced tactics introduction. They'll get licensed on M-Razor and uh, the Hilux or the non-standard vehicle inventory. Uh, they'll go through all the staff briefings like I talked about. And they'll also do a little bit in processing, things that we can take care of. And the, the main goal, aside from the baseline of training, is to relieve the burden uh, of some of the companies. So these, these people come to the brigade and they do advanced marksmanship, they kind of get some of the stuff out of the way. We also do the ACFT. Um, so, you know, they get that, they get all those things that uh, otherwise companies would have to scramble and kind of try to uh, schedule, which kind of gets in the way of their own training plan. Um, so it was successful, the first, uh, the pilot uh, uh, iteration of it. And, and I'm sure the next the next course will be even better and just continue to get better. So you mentioned recruiting. Uh, I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about that because I know ASD is involved in that. Uh, you were mentioning mm -hmm. SORB. Um, and you guys have a, a pretty robust Instagram page. I think mm -hmm. you guys are over 2,000 right now followers on there. Um, and if it's been anything like the Unomia Journal has taken off to, we there are people from all over that are, are you know, Army, just other MOSs that'll mm -hmm. message us and be like, how do I become CA? You know, what do mm -hmm. I got to do to be soft CA? And we can put them in contact with sort of recruiters or put them in contact with mentors, which is something we've been doing. Find somebody with their prior MOS and link them in. So um, maybe you can help talk a little bit about that, uh, what you guys have been doing re with recruiting and then maybe where they can go find the, the Instagram page for 95th ASD. Well, it's 95th underscore ASD. That's our ASD Instagram page. And uh, one of the things I did when I went up to brigade and, uh, you know, at the same time of, you know, standing up ASD and developing that, I also, we realized there was, there's a gap, right? There's a gap in, in recruiting and you can see it if, you know, if you were to look three years ago at some of the, uh, you know, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or uh, the different uh, pages, even the the trifolds that you would see people hand out, uh, those things did not represent soft civil affairs. Uh, and with recruiting, uh, you you want to get people to want to be civil affairs, right? And from my perspective, I didn't think any of the things that the SORB uh, were were producing were things that would make me say, oh, I want to be civil, if I didn't know anything about it. And that wasn't the fault of the SORB. That was the brigade not having a hand in the recruiting, right? The SORB right. is only going to put out what they have. So the SORB puts out pictures that is actually not a civil affairs person 
um, you know, those the famous pictures of uh, a, a guy or a girl just sitting down eating with children uh, or, you know, handing somebody a soccer ball or digging a well or, you know, all those kinds of things that uh, was kind of a joke about civil affairs and not really showing the other side of civil affairs and all the different things that we do and uh, what what we offer. So uh, aside from, you know, just linking up with the SORB, I actually established relationships with all SORB recruiters. I traveled all over the world to see SORB recruiters and, and I briefed every SORB recruiter and every SORB station commander on um, you know, civil affairs and, and the, the real picture of what civil affairs does and is, and the best way for them to explain. A lot of places don't have civil affairs SORB recruiters. So one of the things that came out of that was uh, some disappointment in, in our social media uh, footprint. And uh, I actually have to credit uh, Sergeant First Class Deal, one, our senior tactics instructor. And he uh, decided, hey, we're doing all this cool training, like all the things that we do, that we have video and pictures, and uh, those are the things people want to see. Uh, so he went to the PAO and started the, the Instagram page, the ASD Instagram page. And uh, very quickly was over 2,500 followers. Um, he's getting uh, recruiting like requests for information from, you know, just people that are interested in civil affairs and want to know what it is. Um, you know, getting uh, contacted by USASOC and First Special Forces Command and it's really grown into something, you know, pretty big. And originally it just started because he said, I want, I want to put out these, these pictures. I want people to see what we're actually doing. Uh, and it turned into something that's actually turned into a, a, a valuable recruiting tool. And, uh, you know, so that's, it's, you know, I think it's, it's, again, a testament to guys, if you give them the freedom and they have the opportunity to, to, you know, look at, you know, how can I improve the branch and how can I, how can I make these things better? And they get to actually implement the things that they, they innovate and think of. It's pretty amazing. So again, 95th underscore ASD is the Instagram page and uh, encourage everyone to go and if, at the very least see what the ASD is doing and see if, you know, these are, you know, these are guys that work very hard and uh, it's pretty special. Joe, I, I just want to say uh, thanks for coming on. Um, and 95th ASD in general, what you've done and what, what all the other instructors have done has been incredible over the last couple of years. Uh, I feel good about what we're doing as a branch, you know, the way that we are uh, moving forward. And I think that 95th ASD has, has had a huge role in that um, and improving, you know, I guess our, not our own perceptions, but just, and not even improving, really just getting the word out about what it is that we do and what we offer. Um, and that's, I think that's helped immensely with, with, uh, soft CA recruiting. And I, and I honestly think that it's helped, um, the other tribes and first SFC understand what it is that we bring to the table. Like you were saying, it's not soccer balls and wells. There's so much more. Yeah. It goes back to the old, uh, you know, leave, leave everything better than the way you found it. That's, I was taught that at a young age as a young soldier. And, uh, it's once you get the opportunity to actually do it and you can look back and I can now, right. I'm retiring and I look back at what we did and uh, it's pretty amazing, right. The Unomia journal, 
the one CA stuff, the, the advanced skills detachment, the civil reconnaissance, all of these things, you know, people can take for granted while you're in it, right? You're just doing a job and you're doing the best you can and you're trying to do all these things. But when you look back and people are changing the branch, people are changing the army, people are changing civil affairs. And it's, it's really amazing. You get to look back and see that you did something that I really believe uh, all these instructors. And I tell them, you know, when, when people would come to the ASD to be an instructor, I would say you have the chance to change this brigade, to make this brigade, everything you've complained about for, you know, who knows how long you actually have the chance to change it, to, to affect change in a real way. And I meant it. And looking back, it's pretty amazing. And seeing all the things that have just happened in the last couple years, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's big. And I hope people realize all the things that, that people are doing. And it's really a testament to, to the quality of people that are coming into soft civil affairs. And it's, 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 pretty cool to see and i'll be very interested to come you know if i come back in you know five years and just see i i i'm can't imagine what it'll look like if it continues on this trajectory so 100 percent agree and uh you know thank you for all the the hard work that you put into the branch i don't think you realize what an impact you've made um and i hope that you enjoy retirement down in florida uh, soaking up some some rays, maybe getting on a boat fishing a little bit, and I, I won't be far from you. So hit me up if you ever want to get out on a boat and go fishing sometime. So thanks again, yeah. man. I really appreciate you coming on the One CA podcast and for all you've done for the branch. I appreciate it. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and others, please remember to subscribe and hit like so the 1CA podcast team gets important feedback and support. The Civil Affairs Association is a proud sponsor of the 1CA podcast and the Unonia Journal. You can find more podcasts like this on the www.1capodcast.org. Again, that's www.1capodcast.org.